Hello and welcome to Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast. This is my five-minute food facts series. I'm Amanda Hayes, your host, a nutritionist with a passion for well-being. I've decided to do this series because there is so much conflicting information available about food and various diets. Some of it is credible and some of it is not. It can be time-consuming, not to mention confusing, to try and sift through the noise and get to the heart of the matter. In this series, I will do all of that for you and present factual, reliable information in a concise and easy to understand way. I'll take a moment to let you know that you can subscribe to my podcast, which includes interviews with experts in the fields of nutrition, physical and mental health, and this five minute food fact series on YouTube, hit the red subscribe button, or on your favorite podcast app iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. The content of my 5-Minute Food Facts series is for information purposes only, and it's not intended to replace the advice of your own health professional. This is my last podcast for 2019. I'll be back in January with some exciting guests. I'll be chatting with a ninja warrior, my nutritionist friend Rochelle Martin will return with Olaf Sorensen, a keto athlete, to discuss the keto diet and athletic performance. As you know, I like to keep an open mind about diet and to learn about the latest research and to talk to a broad range of people. So to make sure the scales are balanced, I'm also thrilled to be interviewing a very old friend of mine, Anna Howard, who has a beautiful plant-based business called Plant Made WA, and we'll be talking about the benefits of eating plant foods. The good news is that I believe there are a range of different healthy dietary patterns you can follow. In my opinion, it's a bit of trial and error. Most people know which foods make them feel good and which ones make them feel slightly sluggish or unhealthy. I don't think there is only one prescribed way of eating. However, if I were to give only one piece of dietary advice, it would be to stay away from or really limit highly processed foods like processed baked goods, snack foods and soft drinks. In my 5-Minute Food Facts series next year, I'll be looking at dietary fibre, the microbiome, the future of personalised nutrition and how to read nutrition labels and much more. So here's the wrap for 2019. I published 34 episodes, 7 of which were part of my 5-Minute Food Facts series. On my website, I reviewed 13 books, I had a total of over 5,200 listens. In the podcast world, this is small fry indeed, but that's okay because we all have to start somewhere. So I'd really like to thank anyone who's taken the time to listen to my podcast. Today, I'm going to discuss food waste. There are various definitions of what constitutes food waste, but it's not necessary to go into that here other than to say that when food is not used for consumption, it is wasted. And furthermore, the resources exploited in its production, processing, transportation, distribution or disposal are used inefficiently. Food waste is important because it has negative environmental, economic and social consequences on the sustainability of the food sector. So key environmental risk areas include water, soil and air. So an example is that food production can contribute to water pollution, particularly due to the seepage of things like manure and fertilizers into the broader environment. 
Economically and socially, food waste is seen by many as inequitable and an unjust luxury, particularly one that humanity can't afford because we have the challenge to provide food for more people with more and more stressed resources. So reducing food waste is one of the necessary actions to achieve a more sustainable food supply and food security. So for those of you that don't know, food security is the availability of and access to sufficient and healthy foods and good nutrition. And according to the FAO, nearly 11% of the global population is food insecure. And one of the great tragedies of that is that enough food is produced globally to actually feed the world's population. So I guess the next place to go is to look at how much food is wasted. So the amount of food wasted has been increasing over time. And according to Oz Harvest, which I'll talk about a little bit later, here are some of the salient facts. So one third of all food produced in the world is lost or wasted. And that equates to about 1.3 billion tons of food, costing the global economy close to 940 billion each year. If one quarter of the food currently lost or wasted could be saved, it would be enough to feed 870 million hungry people. That's quite extraordinary, isn't it? And throwing away one burger wastes the same amount of water as a 90-minute shower. And then specifically in Australia, the government here estimates that food waste costs the Australian economy $20 billion each year. Over 5 million tonnes of food ends up as landfill, and that is enough to fill 9,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools. And also, they say, one in five shopping bags ends up in the bin, and that equals about $3,800 worth of groceries per household each year. So some of the major causes of food waste are not necessarily what you might think. The largest amount of food waste is caused by what is known as suboptimal foods and that is foods that are even though they're edible consumers don't like them Um, and the reasons for that are because they might be close to or beyond the best before date or they deviate from what is regarded as optimal or normal. An example of that is food with visual imperfections so for example a bent cucumber instead of a straight one so apparently consumers have very little tolerance for visual imperfections another reason for food waste another cause is cultural habits and social norms people from different cultures regard different foods and food parts as edible and throw different parts away An example that springs to my mind is that when I was living in Hong Kong, people enjoyed things like chicken's feet and duck's tongues. And I know it's cultural, but I just could not touch those things. And I suspect in Australia, a lot of that kind of stuff gets thrown away. Food and eating is characterized by complex habits and rituals and cultural influences. Whereas the wastage of food is largely invisible and that's partly because it happens in your own home. And so it is not impacted by social norms and social signalling the way eating is. And also there are some generational differences in food waste behaviours. So people that have lived through scarcity during the Second World War hardly ever waste food. And for people my age, we grew up uh, with parents who had lived through that and they 
were very adamant that we should eat everything on our plate. And I'm not so sure that happens these days. Another, another cause of food waste is food labelling. So people may not understand the difference between the use by and the best before dates. And I'll do a podcast about that because I think that's really useful information to understand. Another reason is food packaging. So in Sweden, a study was looking at the influence on f- of food packaging on the quality and type of food waste. And the finding was that 20 to 20 of food was wasted due to packaging factors such as packages being too large so you had too much food, packages being difficult to empty or the best before dates having passed. And the final one I will mention is household food management. So food management knowledge and capabilities are apparently crucial. So at the individual consumer level experts say that lack of planning and management of purchase storage preparation and reuse of foods is at the heart of the food waste problem. They also say that the generally low price level of food means that consumers tend to buy too much and care too little about the risk of wasting it and therefore they don't act in a way to avoid food waste. It's generally agreed that food waste is an issue that we need to pay attention to and tackle. So the question becomes then what is being done about it? At the government level, in 2017, the government held a national food waste summit um, where they launched the national food waste strategy with a commitment to halving food waste in Australia by 2030. I don't know much about that strategy, but suffice to say, It's on the agenda, so that's good. At the industry level, there are some initiatives that you may have heard of, like the Odd Bunch campaign at Woolworths, and that's where ugly, in quotes, fruit and vegetables, those that would otherwise be rejected because they don't look good, um, are sold at discount prices. And we all know that they taste the same, even if they look a bit funny. And in this space, probably one of the greatest contributions um, comes from various charities. I'll put a link to a list of uh, the charities I mention and some others, but some of the main ones are Food Bank. You've probably heard of them. That is the largest hunger relief organisation in Australia, and it deals in shelf-stable children frozen food, primarily in primarily sorry in palletized form so they receive food to their warehouses from where it's collected by over 2500 charities around the country other food redistribution charities are second bite and fair share and my favorite oz harvest so oz harvest was the first organization in australia to rescue perishable excess food and deliver it to charities in need. It now works with over 3,500 food donor businesses and facilitates the rescue of quality surplus food free of charge for over 1,300 local charities. Oz Harvest was started by Ronnie Khan. I've met Ronnie and I've heard her speak. She is dynamic, passionate and amazing. So I've put a link to her 2018 UniSA Nelson Mandela lecture in the show notes and it's really worth watching. She is so inspiring. They have two models of food rescue. Across the major metro areas and some regional locations, they have vehicles that directly collect from food donors like Woolworths, for example, 
and deliver it straight to agencies in need. And then in other regions where they don't have a van, they've developed an, a food app that connects businesses with surplus food to charities in need of food relief. So that's fantastic. They also do education and corporate fundraising. So a few weeks ago, I spent a day volunteering with one of the Oz Harvest fans in Adelaide. We collected 500 kilograms of food, mainly from Woolworths, and then delivered it to charities in need, like, for example, a shelter for homeless youth. It was such a rewarding day, and partly because I could really see that something truly useful was being done, The recipients were grateful and they were happy to see us, which was nice. And on another level, it was a real eye-opener for me because just reading about food waste wasn't sufficient for me to picture the vast amounts that would otherwise be thrown away. Actually seeing it was was a real shock, I have to say. And the other thing that was eye-opening was the level of need, which is only a few kilometres away from where I live, in such a wealthy country. On a more micro level, the question then becomes, what can each of us do about food waste? So my New Year's resolution for 2020, and I'm putting it out there, is that we are going to make a conscious effort to cut down on food waste as a family. And these are some of the things that we'll be doing. We'll be composting. We do have a compost bin, but it needs to be resurrected. And we will be a lot more diligent about using leftovers. So last night we thought we had nothing to eat for dinner. So I took all the perishable items out of our fridge. And then I ended up being able to make two salads and a platter with some of this and that, you know, bits of cheese, a bit of smoked salmon and etc. It wasn't an eclectic meal, but it felt good knowing that we were eating some of those things that may have ended up in the bin. Another good use of leftover vegetables is an anything and everything soup where you just throw in some stock and a tin of crushed tomatoes and put all the leftover vegetables chopped up into that and somehow it always turns into a yummy soup and you can supplement it by adding a tin of beans or some small pasta. So sorry kids, there's going to be a lot of soup this year. I'm going to make sure I remember to peel and freeze all my overripe bananas to use for banana cake or smoothies. And the another thing that I will do is to always check the fridge before I shop. I'm I'm already okay at this, but I think there's always room for improvement. And I'd love to hear if any of you listening to this have some other food waste tips. And I might put up a post about that because I think it's just great to share those ideas. And ultimately, we can all make a difference. I hope you all have a really great Christmas and I look forward to being back with my new episodes in 2020. You can subscribe to Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and while you're there, click on the bell to be alerted when new episodes are available. You can also subscribe on your favourite podcast app, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify or Google Podcasts And you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Direct links to all social media can be found on the subscribe page of my website at www.amandaswellbeingpodcast.com. If you would like to contact me, you can send me a message via the contacts page on my website. Please feel free to suggest topics you'd like to learn more about and I'll do my best to deliver that to you. Finally, please take a minute to leave a ratings on iTunes. It improves visibility 
and will inspire me to keep researching this 5-minute food facts series and find some excellent guests. Thank you for tuning in. Eat well, move well, think well.